This is the Empower Your Life podcast, where you can find some of the best health and life tips to keep you active and living life without having to go through surgeries, procedures, and medications. We want to give you hope that it is possible as the body has an amazing ability to heal if we give it the right environment. Stay tuned to the end of this podcast to hear a very special offer. Without a further ado, let's get started. Hi, this is Stephanie, the host of your Empower Your Life podcast. And today, this episode, we have an amazing speaker, Dr. Stacy Benson, um, and you're going to learn more about her practice. I tell people all the time that our healthcare system is a mess, and there are new models that are popping up because of this. And one of them is called direct primary care. And I really call this affordable concierge <laughs> because that's what it is. It's she's she's my doctor. I'm really excited for you guys to meet her. But you know, one of the reasons why I love going this route is because I can get in, not spend a ton of my time sitting in the front for you know 30 minutes, and then going back into the room for another 30 minutes, and then you see the doctor for five minutes. Who can get anything done in five minutes? You know, when I go to this doctor, Dr. Stacey Benson, I actually get to sit down and speak with her and spend time with her so that we can come up with a game plan together. And that's really what's going to make you not spend as much money in the healthcare system. So I can't wait for you to learn more about her model and, um, and just learn more from her. Hey guys, this is Stephanie with Empower Physical Therapy. And today we have Dr. Stacey Benson. So excited. I've been wanting to interview her for so long. Um, she's actually my personal doctor. So I'm so excited for you guys to kind of hear her story and learn a little bit more about her practice and why she started it and just kind of, you know, what healthcare looks like before she started it. Cause um, it's, it's a mess out there. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, why you became a doctor and all that good stuff. So I am from the Dallas area. I grew up in a small little town called Prosper, which if you know, Dallas is no longer a small little town. Um, but my parents own their own business and I'm the oldest of five kids. And so this is before the Affordable Care Act, if any of us can remember back that far and all the problems that there were with insurance. Um, but my parents own their own business and I had a pre-existing medical condition. Um, so my, I actually didn't qualify for insurance when my parents could afford it. I still didn't even qualify for it for my pre-existing condition. So I kind of grew up in the cash world. Um, and even then as a kid, I can remember wondering why my parents were having to pay so much for just one visit to go just to make sure if I had strep or didn't have strep as a kid. Um, I always wanted to be a doctor, a community doctor, a family doctor, just taking care of everybody in that family. And I always wanted to try and help people that were like me. Well, when I was in medical school, the Affordable Care Act was passed. So that changed the game because as we all know now, pre-existing conditions have gone away for the moment. So you can't be denied a plan because you have a pre-existing condition, which is great. Um, I do believe though that we should be treating insurance like any other insurance product that we have, right? We don't call Geico whenever you need a new tire put on your car. You don't call Geico for the oil change. You don't call Geico for that minor little fender bender that's gonna cost a few hundred dollars to pop that dent out, right? Why don't you call them? Well, it would raise your premium. 
health insurance is the exact same thing. So you're prepaying for your health care and health insurance. You're not investing in a financial plan to save you if you're in a catastrophic injury, right? Or you had cancer or needed a major surgery, which is what we do with all of our other insurance products. Um, so I really didn't want to be a part of that system and contribute to it. It's not what's best for patient care. Um, on top of it, doctors are incentivized. No offense to doctors out there. A lot of my friends are in it, um, but they're incentivized to be reactive to medical problems, not being proactive with medical problems, right? We actually don't get reimbursed very well for preventative codes, right? So if I say that I'm screening for an illness or we're just talking about lifestyle and diet and exercise, things that are we should be talking about in healthcare to prevent diabetes, prevent high cholesterol, prevent those heart attacks, I actually don't get paid for it well in the insurance model versus in my model, my only incentive is making sure I keep a healthy, happy patient. And so you might go, oh, well, why should I even keep them healthy? Well, if you're not healthy, you're going to leave. Like <laughs> so you can be an advocate for your health and you know exactly what's going on with your health. Well, you may not know always exactly, you know, that you don't feel good and your doctor's not helping you feel better. Right. So you'll find somebody else in that case. So I'm indebted to my patient and only my patient. There is nobody else that I'm worried about except my patient. So I opened up my own practice to um, focus on that and just having that relationship back in December of 2016. And we've just grown since then, just taking care of patients one by one and loving our little world. Well, tell us a little bit about, because I know, you know, your past history of working as a physician, um, mm -hmm. you were even telling me like you were getting timed to be in the office and you only could spend so much time with patients. So tell us a little bit more about that piece of it. Cause I think people think sometimes when they go into, you know, the insurance world, they're like, well, my doctor didn't spend any time with me. And sometimes it's a system that you're in. So tell us a little bit more about that. So this is obviously going to be a specific examples from my experience or hearing stories from friends, right? Every office is going to be a little different how they do things by all means. Um, but what my experience was, um, I was, um, after residency, I knew I wanted to open this and go into this kind of a model, but I still needed to save up money. Uh, medical school is not cheap. So there was a lot of loans that needed to be paid off and I needed some equity to be able to open a business and, you know, as a business owner, go without a salary for a little bit, potentially. And um, when I was working in my previous job, you know, it was you had to see at least five patients an hour. So think about that. That's 20 minutes total per patient. So 20 minutes a patient includes walking to the room, talking to the patient, going through their history, doing your exam, getting your prescriptions prescriptions done, reviewing labs. So you kind of you need to prep your chart beforehand um, and hopefully doing all your documentation on that visit. Otherwise, you're going to be there all night documenting the five patients you saw every hour. Um, so yeah, your, your doctor doesn't have a lot of time to spend with you because they're forced to see so many patients repetitively um, and squeezed into these small little time pockets. Um, and I, many of my friends, unfortunately, have worse stories for how many patients they have to see in an hour. Um, we, uh, some, ha some have less, right? Again, we're not speaking full generalities here, but some do have less. Um, and a lot of physicians have now opted to bring in on um, mid-levels to help with the um, more acute care visits. So your UTIs, your strep throats, um, your simple acid reflux for the GI doctor, for example, um, which is fine. That's definitely need a piece of the system, um, but they've also brought in scribes. So now we're paying for somebody else to be in the room to take notes. So that way the doctor's not there all night doing all their, um, their charts, which 
we can get into a whole nother podcast on the problem with uh, medical charting and how it comes in terms of your reimbursement and what's wrong with it and how it actually negatively impacts your care versus positively impacts your care. But that's a whole nother podcast. Um, so when you have more staff that's helping triage patients to start that note, when you have more staff that's returning phone calls, that's doing your note taking, that's answering your phones up front, right? All those things are going to increase the total cost of care that's needed, which of course, raises the cost of the visit, but it's not improving the amount of time that you're spending with your doctor. It's not improving the amount of the kind of care that you're getting from your doctor. So you're not seeing those positive outcomes that you should have if you are going to be spending more on our healthcare. Yeah. I mean, it's similar in physical therapy um, because, you know, once when, once when I always called the Obamacare plans came into place, we started seeing like secondary insurance companies. So not only are we having to go through your primary insurance, but they had another insurance company on top of that, that she had to go fill paperwork out. And they were determining how many visits of the visits that you had on your primary insurance that you could do. And this is not like Medicare is a primary. And then you have a secondary that's covering it all. This is just a whole nother insurance company. So we were having to, you know, see more patients because we were getting paid less every year. We were getting cuts and we were having more paperwork. And it just got to the point where it was just so hard to sit. I mean, I can remember seeing patients and I'd be like, oh my God, like they're like eight visits in. And I finally figured them out because I didn't have time to spend with them. And it's amazing when you actually do have time to spend with someone, how much more you can get done in that amount of time and how quicker you can get to things. And, and the, co- the, the amount of money that you spend is actually going to be less yeah. because you do have the time. Yeah. I completely agree. All right. And it's, and that's an important part to remember for patients too, right? There's so much physical therapy is no different while your hands matter in physical therapy, the history of what's going on tells us so much about the problem. And if you don't have time to get that history, you know, you're going to be missing it. All you're doing is let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this versus spending a little bit more time up front to go. Okay. Or even when they come back in, when something, some parts of it worked, but other parts of it didn't. Okay, let's go in and reassess that. And you just yeah. don't have time in the traditional setting to, to really do that. And that's, you know, that's why people are being sent off to like testing and testing and testing and testing, which is also increasing the cost of everything. When a lot of that, you know, I tell people all the time, like, I don't need an MRI to determine what's going on. Now, if I think there's some red flags, absolutely. There's things yeah. that, you know, that need to happen with that. But the majority of the time, I don't, I don't need an MRI. My evaluation is going to guide me much better than just a picture. Um, and we go off to different testings and things like that. I mean, I had a conversation with one of my past patients from a long time ago, and she just wanted my opinion. And I'm like, well, how is that nerve test study? How is that going to change the outcome of what your treatment is going to be? I don't know. And I'm like, well, you need to know that because if, if they don't have, if their plan is going to change based on this study, then yeah, you need to have it. But if they're just going to do the same thing because you don't want to have surgery and they're just testing like, oh yeah, we're right. That's, this is what it is. Then it didn't really give you any more information as to how you're going to treat it. Mm -hmm. So you really need to know that like, if it's going to change your outcome, then absolutely it's needed because I need to know if I'm going to go down this path or this path. So um, but that happens because they don't, doctors don't have time. So it's like, let's just go do testing, come back. I can spend five minutes. This is what the testing said. Let's go this, let's do this. Yeah. And for anyone that's listening, you probably are going, but isn't that the norm? Don't we just go do testing all the time when you send off? <laughs> like I can, I'm sure you hear it too on the, on the other side, but people will come in with that knee pain and I'll do my exam at someone yesterday, actually, <laughs> that um, was a soccer player. And he had a history of an ACL tear that had been repaired, um, which is having some pain. 
when he would play soccer again. His exam was benign, uh, which means nothing concerning found on it, other than he had a little bit of tenderness right where the two bones from the knee and the thigh meet together, um, or the lower leg and the upper leg are meeting together, which is consistent with, he's probably developing a little bit of arthritis and he's just irritating the knee in that area. Um, so even though he's young, he has been a, a very athletic player throughout his entire life since he was a little kid, um, plus he's had an injury in that knee, which increases that risk of arthritis it's forming. I don't need an MRI. I don't need an x-ray to even tell me that. Um, so we started him on conservative care, getting ready to send him over to you um, to work on restrengthening up the knee. And yep. then from there, we can get imaging if needed. But there was nothing on my exam and my history to make me think that anything needed intervention with imaging. And it happens all the time. And I can't tell you how many times patients will ask for that x-ray, for that MRI, yeah. understanding why we're not <laughs> doing it. Yeah. Do like, I need to go get this before I come in? No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a few questions. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your model, because I know your model is a little bit different than what we traditionally know um, as like the concierge model. And I always tell people that you're the affordable concierge because they understand what that is. Um, and it is, it's, it's just, it's, it's way more affordable. So tell us a little bit about your model. Yeah. And I use that term too, because it's just easier for people to understand though. I actually hate that term. That I know, I know you do. It's really short. Like, Oh, yeah. Uh, but so if we look at just definitions, with def definitions matter in terms of legalities and insurance boards and all that stuff, none of us want to ever think about that's happening on the state and the federal level. Okay. But traditionally, an insurance uh, concierge practice, not everyone will, but traditionally, they're going to charge you a membership fee. Plus, they're still going to bill your insurance for your visit, right? So they're essentially double dipping. Okay. Again, not every practice does that, but that is what most of them will do. Um, here in the DFW area, um, from surveys that I've done, just calling practice and getting um, quotes from different concierge practices, they range from a membership of $2,000 a year to $50,000 a year. Wow. Um, so you don't need many patients at $50,000. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you are a true I'm at your beck and call. Um, but so there's a big range. The majority of them are that 5,000 and under, but there's quite a few in the Highland Park that are hanging out in that 10 to $20,000 a year range per person. There really are more than I, more than I would, um, have ever thought before I went to go call. Um, and so instead we charge a flat membership fee. We've decided that our rates are going to be based on age. There are plenty of other practices like mine here in the DFW area. Not everybody does age. We just needed a cutoff. Some people just do the first two members of the household are this price and everybody after that's a different price. Some people, everybody's the same price and it doesn't matter. Um, everyone just has to create a price range somehow. And so we just chose age. And so we've made age brackets. Um, and so our prices range from 30 to $130 a month um, and our average patient pays about $65 a month. Um, that includes all your visits, your phone calls, your text messages, um, and then most everything we do here in our office. Again, not every practice does that include everything. That's just how we've set our model up. So if you need stitches, it's already included in your membership. Um, if you need that struct test, already included in your membership. Um, that was really important to me um, as a patient. I didn't want to, and as a, and as a doctor, I didn't want to feel like there was a reason why I couldn't get care. So even if it's something small, like paying $15 for a strep test, 
I didn't want to feel like someone would say, no, I don't want that strep test. And they didn't want to tell me it's because I couldn't afford the $15. So if we know that this is going to be the set amount that's coming out of your bank account every month for the vast majority of primary care things that you need and you can budget for that, then you should be able to have good primary care. Every once in a while, we're gonna have extra costs, right? Like your annual labs, you might do. If you're a diabetic, you might be getting labs four times a year. Um, or let's say that you do need to go see stuff and you do need that MRI before I send her over to see if we have a full rotator cuff tear, which hopefully it'd be a good exam so I can bypass stuff and go straight to ortho if it's a full tear. But um, sometimes you do need those. So there's, of course, you're going to be extra expensive in healthcare, but those should be the rare thing that's happening for any family, you know? Yeah, and I could tell you, um, you know, if you go to a traditional office, you're going to be sitting in the front for like 30 minutes and they take you back to the room and you're sitting there for like more time. And then they, they, they come in and they see you for, you know, five minutes because of the scenario that you talked about. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. Um, you just end up spending way more time, which is valuable and and money going going that route versus being able to go call you up. Oh, yeah, that's all that needs to happen to coming into the office and you're, you're, as soon as your appointment's there, you're, you're in there and you're sitting down having a conversation. Um, and usually luckily think, thankfully, it's just like once a year where I just come in, we just make sure everything's getting taken care of. Um, and we sit down and make sure that, that, you know, we're set with what we want to do from a prevention perspective. And if there's anything else going on and that's, and that's pretty much it. So, um, it's just nice from a time perspective, because you, you know, if, you know, especially with COVID, if you're sick at home or something, you, you know, you can call um, and not have to get out of the house to, to do anything. And, and that's, and that's nice. Um, which now a lot of offices are sort of get, getting to that where it was not like that before COVID, um, which is nice, but before COVID, it was like that for you, um, where, which is nice. Cause sometimes it just takes a phone call. It doesn't mean that you have to come in to, to get something done. And if you do, then in the phone call, you know that, okay, you know what, I think you need to come in and let's go and, and look at a few things. But um, it's so nice um, from that perspective. So tell us a little bit more about um, like who your ideal client is, why do people love your services, that kind of thing. Well, I would say my ideal client is honestly anybody that's a nice person. Um, <laughs> now I know that seems kind of... <laughs> pitchy and jokey, but it's actually really serious. Um, um, anybody that owns a business out there, like one of those uh, typical business things they'll say is, you know, define who your ideal client is. Is it a male? Is it a female? Is it an age group? Is it a personality type? Like who it is that you're trying to pick up? Well, I tried to do that for years, trying to decide who would be my ideal client. Um, and I, I really can't narrow it down, but I've decided that's because that's not what I want. I want variation, right? If I only wanted to see kids, I'd be a pediatrician. If I only wanted to see people that had heart problems, I would be a cardiologist, right? The reason that I'm in family medicine and primary care is because I want to see everything. I want relationships with everybody. Um, of course, I like it when I prefer it when I see a whole family because you get to see so many other dynamics and social factors that come into play that are a part of your health. You see the stressors of the family and you become part of their family and vice versa, right? Um, I, I do enjoy that, but I know I don't take care of everybody's family, right? I sometimes I just take care of one person in a relationship or one kid in a family, but I do like it when I take care of the whole family. Um, but as long as somebody is going to be nice and be respectful, that's my ideal patient by all means, right? And whenever I give a recommendation for something, I, 
Sure, I love it when people take my recommendations, but I also really like it when people don't want to take them, but we talk about it, right? And we have a civil educated conversation about why I'm recommending something, what your potential problem is with it, and then how can we find something that's still going to give you the health benefits that I'm looking for for you that you're going to have the personal satisfaction with, right? And so, um, we'll come to compromises at times. So if you want to avoid a statin, for example, well, these are the lifestyle things that we need to do. And so if you want to avoid this medication, I want to keep you from having heart attacks. So you need to do all of these things. Let me help set you up for success, but this is on you now. I can't just give you an easy pill, right? Um, so that's one of the, the beautiful parts about our clinic is we do have those discussions. But of course, you shouldn't be seeing any doctor if you disagree with them all the time, because what is just somebody else. <laughs> You obviously don't trust that relationship, which is fine. Not every doctor's for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> no, I am. We we love to see everybody. Um, so I would I would be so sad if I never saw a kid, and I would be sad if I didn't see some of my grandmas. Right. Um, as long as people are walking in with a smile on their face and are happy to be a part of us, that's what matters. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm so glad that um, you came on today because your story is, is, is so great. And I think people just don't know really, you know, the dark side of healthcare. I mean, they, they see it, but they don't know why it's happening and they don't understand why people are, are moving in, in directions like we're moving into um, as for healthcare. And it's ultimately, I mean, we're moving in these directions because that's why we got into healthcare to help people. But in order to help people, we have to have time to do it. And when we have time to do it, it's way more fun and we can figure things out um, so much better. And that's that's why, you know, moving away from the traditional systems is, is starting to happen. And I think healthcare is going to start looking different. You already can start seeing some different things that are, that are going on um, out there that I think is going to be way better. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, for now, I like the way, I like the way we do things. Um, and I, just, do things. <laughs> I know I, I, I always tell people that, um, if I had to go back the way it was before I, I would quit, I'd be a plumber. Like literally I'd be a plumber. I like, oh, I, would, I, I wouldn't be a physical therapist. I would work at Starbucks. That's my, yeah, exactly. I'd work at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't. I can't go back that way because it's not fun. Um, and we know it's not fun for, for our patients either when it's that way, because if we're like overworked and frustrated, you're not going to get the best care either. So, um, but yeah, no, thank you so much for your story. It was awesome. And I can't wait for everyone to get to know you and, uh, and hear it. Thank you. And I, let me give a plug. So while we are here in Dallas, of course, I can't see people from Oklahoma and New York city. And I'm sure you have people from all over the world following your podcast. Um, the type of model that I practice is called direct primary care. I don't know if we actually mentioned that. Oh yeah. We didn't even there. mention it. <laughs> so if you can find a practice near you. You really can. There is a website, um, where, um, physicians or whoever owns the clinic, right, can put their information on it. And there's a few of these that are coming, but dpcfrontier.com, direct primary care, frontier.com. And there's a mapper on there. And so you can just look to see who's around you and link to their websites. And, you know, it's a fabulous mapper. It doesn't have everybody. So you got to put your own info on it, um, but you can find somebody near you because we are in pretty much every state, I think, but two right now, you can find a doctor like us. So, and there's more and more. When I started, there were not even 400 people like me in the country doing this. And now there's thousands. So wow, um, awesome. <laughs> it changed drastically. So yeah, it's the, it's the direction it needs to go because mm -hmm. we can really treat the patients, mm -hmm. um, not from just like, Oh, take these drugs, but really truly like keeping them healthy. 
Yeah. And can I add one more thing? Because I'm sure you'd yeah, say this physical therapy, right? I get a question a lot about, oh, well, you're for people that are uninsured. Well, yeah, I'm a great option for somebody <laughs> that's uninsured because I care for you, right? You potentially had a financial barrier to care otherwise, um, but we're a great option for really anybody, especially people where um, a relationship matters and time matters, right? Mm-hmm. Like you were saying with COVID and being able to like, hey, I have this quick problem. Can it get taken care of? Or can I make sure I'm there at that time and in and out or whatever it may be, right? So um, we have a lot of patients that have amazing insurance. It's not about, they have that insurance for other things, right? For labs, if we need to go get our stress test, the cardiologist, right? Other things, but they see the value in this the same way they see the value in you. Right. And so um, they'd rather pay our membership and be able to come in when they need to come in and uh, not have to worry about the hassle of being in that other fee for service world. Um, so whether they're an attorney, whether we have a lot of doctors that understand the value um, a lot. Um, and then like executives at some very large companies are patients of ours. We have quite a few of those. Um, lawyers is the biggest, which makes sense because you bill hourly. You don't want to waste your hours. So. <laughs> yes. yes. We have a lot of attorneys. Um, so, and I love that I can go from taking care of a, um, a painter repairman in one room and then my next room, I'm talking with somebody that's most likely a millionaire. Right. So, um, and everybody's charged the same price and everybody's getting the same kind of care. So that is one of my favorite things about my day. Oh, I would also say moms, like think Mm -hmm. of, I mean, they're so busy for them Mm -hmm. to be able to just pick up the phone and and ask a question is huge or to be able to get in and really get in for their appointment and not have to wait is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm one of those people. I have insurance. My, I have insurance for my office, but I, I still choose to do this because, you know, it's, it's the quality of care and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be in an assembly line and I want, I want to sit down and make sure that we're doing everything that I need to be doing type, type stuff, you know, sometimes I'm still, I'm, I'm still working on <laughs> some of the things we've talked about, but overall it's, um, it's, it's so worth it. It is so worth it to go. I mean, to go down, down this path. I mean, I'm to the point where I'm like, I just rather pay cash, get in, get the service, know the person that I'm going to know that I'm going to get help versus like, okay, who, what doctor takes my insurance? My insurance is really there for, for well, I, I use my insurance is there for like anything major. Yeah. And I almost I, wish that insurance would be like for major medical for those major things. And you pay cash for all the little small stuff. And that right there would take care of a lot of what's going on in the healthcare. I agree. And there's a lot of push on like a federal level too, to have some of those modifications come out there where you could have something that is affordable care act compliant, but it pairs with me and believe it or not, that is in the affordable care act that actually is in there from the, it is, I can tell you, it's the language is in there, but it didn't have to pair with me. We just haven't had, there is in Washington where um, this movement actually started. There is an insurance group that creates that exactly what you're talking about, catastrophic plan that couples with direct primary care. Uh, and there are a few that are starting. There's two here in Texas. Um, they've kind of struggled trying to get off the ground, but they're starting. Um, so you might see more in the landscape and healthcare landscape over the next few years um, that are creating that same kind of environment where you're trying to give that coverage but it's not meant to be used except you know same for my home insurance it's not meant to be used but you know what we flooded and it came in handy right yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) but it's not meant to be used health insurance should be the same way so yeah we we tried to get on one of those plans it just didn't go through quite yet and i'm like oh i can't wait yeah i know exactly what we're talking about that plan sounds amazing like let's do that but they, it, what it didn't, it didn't, um, they couldn't get it to everyone yet. So, but it's coming, it's coming down the pipeline, which I think is going to be, it's going to be great. So, 
Well, again, thank you so much. This was so awesome. I can't wait for other people to, to get to know you in your office. Well, thank you so much. And you guys have a fabulous day over there. <laughs> you too. Bye guys, stay healthy. <laughs>